1 John 4, verses 7 through, I think it's about 8 or 9, something like that. Beloved, let us love one another, because love is from God. Everyone who loves is born of God and knows God. Whoever does not love does not know God, for God is love. God's love was revealed among us in this way. God sent his only son into the world so that we might live through him. In this love, not that we in this is love, not that we loved God, but that he loved us and sent his son to be the atoning sacrifice for our sins. Beloved, since God loved us so much, we also ought to love one another. No one has ever seen God. If we love one another, God lives in us and his love is perfected in us. The word of God to the people of God. Thanks be to God. Morning, church. Great to see this crowd this morning as we, as we gather together to worship God. We uh, are in the middle of a sermon series and, and we want to uh, let everyone know how much we are enjoying being in God's house this morning. We appreciate those folks who are joining us online. And let's take a moment this morning to, to wave at each other so that we know uh, that we are connected as a family because at Good Shepherd, we are a family. And if this is the first time you visited with us this morning, welcome to the family. So we're glad you're here with us, whether you're online or with us today. I'm Pastor Regina, for those of you who don't know, and we're glad, I'm glad to spend this next few minutes with you. What a wonderful fall day for, for our next message from God as told through the stories of time-honored classic children's literature. Luke 18:16, as does both Mark and Matthew's Gospel, says this, But Jesus called for them and said, let the little children come to me and do not stop them, for it is to such as those that the kingdom of God belongs. This verse is our focus scripture for our, our current sermon series. Children have a special place in the heart of God. We are all, are all claimed by God with a parental love that defines human understanding. God's love is unconditional and, and defies the fact that God's faithfulness is so true. We just can't understand that because God loves us so much and God is so faithful to us. We are all children in the eyes of God, yet sometimes we're too big for our britches and we think we, we don't need to or can no longer hear the voice of the One who created us. We are being invited through this Messages From series to listen as children and to discern which direction God is calling Good Shepherd United Methodist Church to see all the persons in our community as we build those relationships with those who cross our paths. We are created to be in relationship and to share our blessings and our stories with one another. The connection of our combined stories joins us with our relationship with God to celebrate our successes and our failures because it's okay sometimes to try something and not be successful and to learn lessons from that. It is through this connection that, and relationships that we build on our discipleship. Our first story, You Are Special, by Max Lucado reminded us that God created all persons worthy because they were loved by the Creator. 
Eli tells Puccinello, because you are mine, that is why you matter to me. We hear God say to us that every person matters to God, even when we may not feel as if we do or society tells us that we do not. Last week we listened to The Children of the King by Max Licato and and heard just how much God wants to spend time with us in ordinary ways and in mundane circumstances of our lives. We don't have to to spruce ourselves up, have great talents, or even give the greatest gift. God simply wants to give... for us to give God our heart and to be the best us that we can be. God loves us just the way we are. Today we hear uh, the last of Max Licato's messages from God as, as we listen to Because I Love You. As we hear God's message today, may we renew our innate sense to connect with our Creator. May we once again hear as children hear and see as children see without bias or prejudice and through the eyes of the one who created us. Long ago, in a faraway land, unlike any you have ever seen, there lived a wise man named Shaddai. Shaddai was a large man with a tender heart. He had bright blue eyes and a long, thick beard. When he laughed, which is something he did often, his cheeks would lift until his eyes became half-moons of joy. When he sang, which was something he did often, everything stopped to listen. Tall aspens would bend. Squirrels, butterflies, and birds would pause. Even the children would turn when they heard his voice, as well they should, because it was for him, for them he sang. And for the children, Shaddai had built a wonderful village. It was more than any child could dream. The children plunged into the blue sky pond. They squealed as they soared high on the swings hung from apple tree branches. They scampered through the meadows and giggled in orchards. The sun never seemed to set too early, and the cool night always brought a quiet peace. And most of all, Shaddai was always there. When Shaddai wasn't in the meadow with the children or in the orchard with the children, he was in the shop with the children. He loved to be with them while he worked. He loved to, they loved to smell the sawdust and hear him sing and watch him carve a chair out of a log or, or make a table out of a, out of a tree. They would gather around him and take turns pressing their tiny hands against his great big one. Every night he would gather the children on a grassy meadow and tell them stories. Fascinated, the children would listen as long as Shaddai or their eyes allowed. The children loved Shaddai, and Shaddai loved the children. He knew each by name. He knew everything about them. He knew Lucy's love for birds. He knew Roland's fear of the darkness. He knew Daphne was friendly and Spencer was shy. He knew Paladin was curious. When one of them called his name, he, he dropped whatever he was doing and turned. His giant heart had a hundred strings, each held by a different child, and Shaddai loved each one the same. That's why he built the wall. The wall was a high stone fence surrounding the village. Shaddai had built it rock upon rock. The wall was so tall it stood high above Shaddai. Even if he stretched his arm as high as he could, he still couldn't touch the top of the wall. He spent days building it. 
And as he built, he did not sing. The deadly forest stood outside the village. As Shaddai built the fence, he would often pause and look into the shadows beyond. Cruel thorns and savage beasts and hidden pits filled the dark forest. It was no place for the children Shaddai loved. Beyond the wall is danger, he would tell the children in solemn tones. You were made for my village, not for the terrible land beyond. Stay with me. It is safe here. But in his heart, he knew it was only a matter of time. The day he placed the final stone on the wall, he returned to his shop, took a long aspen branch, sat down at his bench, and carved a staff. Should I stood the staff in the corner? I'll be ready, he said to himself. Sometime later, a boy ran into Shaddai's workshop. The sandy-haired child with searching eyes and restless energy brought the maker both joy and concern. Shaddai, in one motion, the maker dropped his hammer and turned. What is it, paladin? The boy spoke in spurts as he gasped for air. The wall, the wall, I found a hole. It's a big opening, sir. The boy's hand stretched to show the size of the, of the hole. Someone could crawl through it. Shaddai pulled over a stool and sat down. I knew it would be you. Paladin, my child, tell me, how did you find it? I was walking along the wall searching for holes. Paladin paused, surprised that Shaddai knew. Yes, I was looking for holes so you could see out into the forest. I was curious, Shaddai. I wanted to know why you won't let us go out there. Why is it so bad? Shaddai motioned for the boy to come. When Paladin came near, the maker cupped the small face in his hand and lifted it so the boy would look directly into his eyes. The urgency of the look caused Paladin's stomach to feel empty. Paladin, listen to me. The lands out there are not for you. They are not for me. A journey in the forest will hurt you. You were not made for those lands. Let your feet carry you to many places you can go, not to the one place you can't. If you leave here, you will not find your way back. Paladin spoke softly. You will fix the hole then. No, Paladin. I created the hole because I love you so much. But you said you don't want us to leave. I don't want you to leave. I want you to stay with me. But I did not... I did make the opening when I built the wall. But if you don't fix it, the children might leave. I know, Paladin. But I want the children to stay because they want to, not because they have to. Paladin didn't understand. Uncomfortable, he stood to leave. He needed to think about what Shaddai had said. He entered the sunlight. He looked back at the shop. There Shaddai, leaning backward, was still watching. Paladin was confused. Part of him wanted to stay in the safety of Shaddai's shop, while another part of him wanted to go toward the fence. He looked again into the shop. Shaddai was standing now, not moving, but standing, his large hand stretched out to the boy. Paladin turned away quickly as if he hadn't seen. He walked as fast as he could, aimlessly at first, then purposely toward the fence. I won't get too near, he said to himself. I'll just peek out. Questions came as quickly as his steps. Why do I want to do what Shaddai doesn't want me to do? Why am I so curious? Why is it so strong that I want to see beyond the fence? 
By now, Palatin was at the hole. Without stopping to think, he laid on his stomach and squirmed through just far enough to stick his head outside to the other side. I'll just take a quick look, he told himself. What could be wrong with that? Should I said he made the hole because he loved us, I wonder what he's keeping from me. As if his knees were moving on their own, Paladin crawled farther. Soon he was through the hole and on the outside of the wall. He rose slowly and stood to his feet. For several moments he didn't move. He wondered if something would come out of the trees to hurt him. Nothing did. He relaxed his shoulders and sighed. Hmm, this is not so bad. It's nice here. What was Shaddai worried about? Paladin began walking into the forest. Twigs snapped beneath his bare feet. Sweet flowers scented the air. I don't see any scary creatures, he thought. The trees were so thick he could barely see the sky. Just a few steps into the woods, he said aloud, to see what it's like. After a dozen more steps, he stopped. He liked the wilderness. Nothing to fear here. For the first time in his young life, he believed that Shaddai was wrong. Just wait until I tell the others. And he turned back to go through the hole. But the hole was gone. He stopped and stared. He saw a solid wall. Palatin ran into the wall. Was a spot where he where was the spot he had crawled through? Or was it somewhere else? He couldn't remember. He ran a dozen steps one way and then a dozen steps the other. Nothing. Suddenly he heard a strange sound in the woods behind him. He swung around but saw nothing. Palatin looked into the forest. Now it no longer seemed so friendly. It was dark and threatening as if it were about to destroy him. Desperately, Palatin searched the wall. He could not climb over it. He could not break through it. There was no way home. If you leave here, you will not find your way back. Shaddai's words rang true. The boy's eyes were wild with fear. He sat on the ground and hugged his knees to his chest and began to cry. As Paladin huddled there, lonely and afraid, he remembered something else Shaddai often said. I love you so much. Does he love me enough to come and find me? wondered the boy. Will he hear me if I call him? Shaddai, Shaddai, I'm sorry I didn't listen to you. Please come help me. Paladin's plea had been heard by the one who loved him even before it was spoken. For as the boy left Shaddai's workshop, the maker had watched him as long as he could. When Paladin was out of sight, Shaddai turned, not to take up his work, but to remove his apron. He hung his tools on the wall, then reached to the corner and took the staff, the one he had carved after he finished the wall. Even before Paladin had reached the wall, Shaddai had left the shop. Even before Paladin had last asked for help, Shaddai was on the way to give it. Even before the hole in the wall had closed, Shaddai had opened another. His strong hands pulled away the rocks until he could see into the forest. With his staff at his side, Shaddai crawled through the hole. He left the village he made and set out in search of his child. I want you to stay because they want to not because they have to God wants us to choose to follow God and to love God because we want to not because we have to 
What would it be like to be in a village where we are known for who we were and maybe known by the ones who loves us more than we love ourselves or even know about ourselves? I grew up in a community where, where we knew each other. It was large enough that we didn't know each other's business, but, but we knew most folks or we knew of them. We had heard their name or someone who knew them. We knew the names of longtime folks in the community and who knew the, who the newcomers were. We had been to school with most of the folks that we graduated with since elementary school. There were about 12 of us in, 12 of us in the class of 81 who had gone to school together since kindergarten, and that was before kindergarten was mandatory. We knew which families were, in tr- which families were trouble which families were uppity, which families lived in what neighborhoods, and which families gave out the best Halloween candy. We knew who would come, who came from which elementary school to the combined middle and high schools, and we pretty much knew who attended what denomination, or if they didn't. Yet, even with all the superficial knowledge, we didn't know some of the things that mattered most, like who went to bed hungry, or who slept in houses that were not safe havens. We didn't know who felt lonely or who needed to be loved. It was only after that I left the security of this charmed community that I realized that some families didn't have food or some parents neglected their children. I learned that everyone was not as blessed or as loved as I had been. I imagine that for many of us, We've had similar experiences growing up, but I'm not so naive as to think that some of us sitting here today might have been the hungry child or the neglected person or the one who needed a friend or a caring adult to listen. The message of today's story is that even though we may not have known it then or maybe we don't know it now, we do have someone who loves us unconditionally and only wants the best for us. There is someone who knows us better than we know ourselves and who has the ability to anticipate our decisions that that we form from our curious human nature. This someone is the God who created us, who created us special and loves us and for relationship. God loves us unconditionally and God gives us free will to choose our direction in life. Like Paladin It may be difficult for us to understand that the world around us, the world beyond the wall, the world without God, is a place that at first may look inviting, but in reality is cold and dark and scary. Like Paladin, our sense of adventure may at times outweigh our sense of logic. Like Paladin, we find ourselves immersed in sin beyond our control before we even recognize it. Like Paladin... We often think we know what's best for us until, until it's not. Like Paladin, when we come to our senses, we realize that we cannot solve our dilemma on our own or find a way out of trouble alone. Like Paladin, when we realize the error of our ways, we cry out, Should I? Should I? I'm sorry I didn't listen to you. Please come help me. Paladin's plea had been heard by the one who loved him even before it was spoken. So are our cries to God. They are known and heard by God before we ever speak the words. When we speak, it will not be Shaddai who comes to look for us. 
It will be the God who loves us unconditionally, who has been walking beside us all along. It will be God who will reach out, take our hand, and welcome us back into the arms of our Creator. Even before Palatin had reached the wall, Shaddai had left the shop. Even before Paladin had asked for help, Shaddai was the one to give it. Even before the hole in the wall had closed, Shaddai had opened another. His strong hand pulled away the rocks until he could see the forest. With his staff at his side, Shaddai crawled through the hole. He left the village he had made and set out for his child. God does the same for God's wayward children. God searches for us even before we know we are lost. That is what we in the Wesleyan tradition know as provenient grace. We all have a choice, and sometimes our choices cause us to stray from what we know to be right. No matter what our choices have been or the choices that we have made, no matter where we are, no matter where we have been, when we cry out to God, God will hear us and welcome home His wayward child. God will come to us in God's arms and forgive us for our wandering choices. This is the definition of unconditional love. Our scripture reading today reminds us that God is the definition of love. Yet this story brings to mind a couple of other scriptures as well. There's the story of Adam and Eve in Genesis where their choice is to eat the fruit of the tree in the center of the garden and it led them to being sent out of the Garden of Eden. Yet God still pursued Adam and Eve after they had made their poor choice. There's another story about a shepherd who leaves his flock of sheep to go and search for the one who strayed. And then there's this theme that's throughout the New Testament where God sent God's Son from paradise to earth for the redemption of humanity. This is the story of redemption. God loves us so much that God sent His Son to save us from our poor choices. As Scripture reminds us today, it is because of the love God shows for us that we are to love each other. As we receive God's love, we have within us that desire to love others as we are loved. May God's love shine on us and may we share it with all persons in our community. As we share this meal of grace this morning, may we remember that it is God's, is because of Christ's life, death, and resurrection that we receive this means of grace through this shared meal. A meal that is not only, ceremoni- not only a ceremonial remembrance, but a means by which we receive God within us. Come today, renewing your connection with your Creator and receiving your Creator's love within you. We are all invited to Christ's table. We, we, we are not uh, kept from this table because God, we believe as United Methodists that we can receive the means of grace through this sacrament. It's not just simply a remembrance, but it is a, it is a way that we take Christ within us. It is a way in which we then are filled with Christ. Everyone is invited. But let us take a moment this morning so that as we... Take a moment in prayer. We can center ourselves and confess to God those things which may be keeping us from God. God is never away from us, but sometimes we put roadblocks that keep us from getting to God. Let us pray together. Holy God, 
we know that sometimes we can be like Paladin. We can be too too curious and too full of ourselves that, that we do things and make choices that keep us from you. But Lord, we know that as we confess those wrongdoings, those times when we have, we have made poor choices, those times when we have just ignored circumstances around us where we should act, those times when we have said or done something that make others feel less than, we know that we are forgiven. And as you hear us this morning, may you forgive us as we come to your table today. Amen. In the name of Jesus Christ, you are forgiven. Let us rejoice in that forgiveness. As we come to the table this morning, let us join together in the great thanksgiving. The Lord be with you. Lift up your hearts. Let us give our thanks to the Lord our God. It is right and a good and joyful thing, always and everywhere, to give thanks to you, Almighty God, Creator of heaven and earth. And so, with your people on earth and all the company of heaven, we praise your name and join their unending hymn. Holy, holy, holy Lord, God of power and might, heaven and earth are full of your glory. Hosanna in the highest. Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. Hosanna in the highest. Holy are you and blessed is your Son, Jesus Christ. By the baptism of his suffering, death, and resurrection, you gave birth to your church, delivered us from slavery to sin and death, and made with us a new covenant by water and the Spirit. On the night in which he gave himself up for us, he took bread, broke the bread, and gave it to his disciples and said, Take, eat, this is my body which is given for you. Do this in remembrance of me. When supper was over, he took the cup, gave thanks to you, gave it to his disciples and said, Drink from this, all of you, for this is the blood of the new covenant poured out for you and for many for the forgiveness of sins. Do this as often as you drink it in remembrance of me. And so, in remembrance of these, your mighty acts in Jesus Christ, we offer ourselves in praise and thanksgiving as a holy and living sacrifice in union with Christ's offering for us as we proclaim the mystery of faith. Christ has died. Christ is risen. Christ will come again. Pour out your Holy Spirit on us gathered here and on these gifts of bread and wine. Make them be for us the body and blood of Christ, that we may be for the world the body of Christ, redeemed by His blood. By Your Spirit, make us one with Christ, one with each other, and one in ministry to all the world, until Christ comes in final victory and we feast at His heavenly banquet. Through Your Son, Jesus Christ, with Your Holy Spirit, in Your Holy Church, all honor and glory is Yours, Almighty God, now and forever. Amen. If those who are assisting me this morning will come forward.
blood of Christ shed for you. not the United Methodist table. This is not Good Shepherd's table, but this is the table of Christ and all are invited. We will serve by intention this morning. A piece of bread will be broken off and give it to you. You will dip it in the cup and the altar is open for all who wish to stay and pray. We have gluten-free options as well as single serve if you're not uh, comfortable with intention. Let us come to the table of grace. To live the songs we sing And turn our good intentions into action To bring the kind of worship you desire And move beyond our self-absorbed distractions The mountains are shaking could this be a great awakening? Break our hearts with the things that break yours. Wake us up to see through your eyes. Break our hearts with the things that break yours. Send us out to shine in the darkness. Outside our comfort zone To see beyond our churches and our homes To change the way we think and how we spend Until we look like Jesus again Mountains are shaking Could this be a great Break yours and send us out. 
seated. Again, this morning we have a, a wonderful opportunity to welcome Amanda Avant officially into the family of Good Shepherd. They've been around a long time, but uh, we're glad to officially welcome them into membership. Uh, we're accepting Amanda on profession of faith as she comes to us from a different denomination but has been baptized. So we will ask her two questions. Well, as members of Christ Universal Church, will you be loyal to the United Methodist Church and do all within your power to strengthen its ministries? I will. As, as a member of this congregation, will you faithfully participate in its ministries by your prayers, your presence, your gifts, your service, and your witness? I will. Welcome to the family. <laughs> so as, as, we, uh, as the band plays and the acolytes come, let us stand again. Amen. Amen.